0: Blue wire.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 32 of That's What Be Said. Uh, I am your host at Breezy Clee, and uh, you can see we have a special guest tonight. But first, uh, Miss Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Brittany, hello, how are you? Hello, everyone. Wave to the people, they can see you. And Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. Hello, ladies. And then we're joined by Miss Cameron Justice. We just gave her the nickname at Killa Cam. So you guys all know Cameron, Cammy. Hi Cam, we're so happy to have you.
2: I'm happy to be here. This is exciting. This is exciting and you're joining our live show. This is even better. And I was gonna do the glasses things, but they're really dirty, so I do have to take them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we um there's been a lot going on in the Twitter world today, so we thought maybe we'd bring our best um, glasses game today to disprove all of the sexist Dales that are out there on, on the interwebs today. We will not be sexualized, okay? <laughs> oh
0: <my God. laughs> <laughs> We're at our very ugliest right now. Don't sexualize
1: us. Stop. I know. And Brittany and I are twinning, so there's that too. That was This not is planned. on accident. This is not planned.
0: Yeah. Girl, Girl, great me. minds take like, a so here we are.
1: Yeah, so we've got a really, uh, really good show lined up today. We can't wait to chat about Cam. She, um, you know her from Cleveland News 5. She's a digital content producer, Emmy-nominated sports journalist, which is pretty awesome. You guys can follow her if you're not already at Cammy Justice, C-A-M-I-J-U-S-T-I-C-E on Twitter. Give her a follow if you're not following her. She put out a great article over the weekend that we're going to talk to her about. But first, we're going to get into some sports. Uh, We're going to lead with sports. Imagine that. (laughs) Hmm. Guys, I don't know if you saw a couple days ago, Cam Newton signed with the Patriots, okay? (laughs) Breaking news. I love Cam Newton, first of all, so Mm -hmm. that made me so happy that he's actually with the team. Mm -hmm. Um, But we all know that our own OBJ was training with Cam Newton over the last couple of weeks. So like when that happened, I was like, immediately I knew that this was going to be – a matter of time when the OBJ to the Patriot rumor started. Mm
3: -hmm. It was like 30 seconds. Like, (laughs) Cam wasn't, like, they didn't even draw up the contract. There was just a verbal agreement, and then immediately everyone's like, OBJ to the Patriots. Well, I think this started last
0: year. Didn't Cam, or uh, Cam. (laughs) (laughs) there's so many cans here right now <laughs> um didn't obj give tom brady those uh it's the the, the was,
2: furry cleats yes
1: yes yeah. yes yeah and that's
2: when everyone's like oh it makes so much sense to, to send obj to the patriots well he said before too that he would like love to play for the patriots
0: do you think he would now though now that tom brady's not there
2: no, I, think so. I mean like maybe just because you know bill belichick
0: he's, yeah he's
2: bill belichick like with yes. or without tom brady Yes, to play for that kind of coach, that it's is like, true, like right? every player's dream. But I don't. I think that Cleveland is like in his heart now. So the yeah. rumors don't worry me.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we have to talk about that because he like right away debunked the rumors on Twitter himself. Um, and I have to quote his tweet because like my heart just exploded when I read this. He responded and said, "You can find me in the land, homie. We got unfinished business." So like that just ugh, the loyalty that I that I felt from reading that tweet I think do you have tears coming now I, I'm you guys can't even tell I'm crying right now <laughs> he
3: he broke the gets us meter with that tweet
1: it just feels different this year uh and I know we keep talking about that I'm on like a broken record it's fine you guys can attack me on twitter But, like, even Baker Mayfield, with staying out of the spotlight, um, he seems to be pretty focused. Obviously, getting in the spotlight when it comes to social issues, which we all love. That's what we want to see from him. But it does feel like their heads are in the right place. Like, it it felt like last year they didn't want to debunk any rumors that were happening. It feels like this year they're on a completely different page, different mindset, a good page, for that matter.
0: Well, I think part of the reason last year that they didn't feel like you know like when there was all those rumors going around about obj saying like come get me to other teams um he didn't like come out right away and say oh no it wasn't that or there was misunderstanding blah 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 i think it's because they didn't respect the organization they didn't respect the people in charge they didn't respect Freddie kitchens they didn't really respect john dorsey you know haslam's whatever they were like if this is a sinking ship i'm not gonna sit here and say well i'm not going anywhere this is you know. Cleveland's my home blah blah blah. I'm not going to do that because at the end of the day it's still a business, it's still their professional career, so, you know, but now guys, now that we have smart guys doing smart things, here we are. Immediately, OBJ's like, "No, shut it down. These rumors are not true. Stop it."
1: So, yeah. So, um, I'm Cam, I'm going to ask this to you. You've obviously been covering the team for quite some time. You covered the hot mess that was last year. You saw some ins and outs of what happened last year. We know that OBJ was injured. He's obviously been cleared 100% for this season, which is great news. What do you think we can expect from Odell, and what kind of unfinished business
2: is he talking about? So looking at what happened last season, with him playing injured and the incredibly ridiculous play calling that was going on and just the chaos from practice to the games, and he still, while being double-triple-team, mm-hmm. was able to get over a 1,000 yards, that's crazy. So I think that's that's something you have to look forward to. He's healthy. You've yeah. got someone who has a scheme in mind for Baker Mayfield, and hopefully, or we don't know because he's not proven himself, we can only tell once it starts happening, once they take the field. But on paper, which – doesn't really technically count but on paper it looks like Stefanski is gonna know what to do and kind of help mold Baker Mayfield so you've got Baker Mayfield hopefully having a complete turnaround from last Mm -hmm. season a healthy Odell and then you've got a stronger offensive line so for Odell I mean he's just he's primed to go and he's got a lot to prove because I mean he's he's elite he's and then everyone calls him a diva but like he's like that he's got this like name to live up to yeah and so from last season being just completely annihilated by media by national media and some some other media I mean when you when you have that kind of weight on you and you're kind of torn down and questioned and you've got you've got something to prove now and now he's got the healthy ability to do that so I'm I'm thinking that this is going to be a big season for
3: him yeah, I agree. Meredith, Brittany, would you care to weigh in? I mean, I I totally agree. I get, I mean, I got super excited just to see him, like, it feels like he's all in on Cleveland. And I think, um, I think one of the biggest differences between Kevin Stefanski and Freddie Kitchens and even Hugh Jackson is – Neither Freddie nor Hugh ever really seemed like they were willing to compromise on anything. With with Hugh, it was always, you know, I'm driving the bus, I'm calling the place, I'm doing this. And, you know, Freddie Kitchens never admitted fault to, to anything. Uh, I think the first time that Freddie said, I'm going to go back and watch the tape in a press conference, I got PTSD. <laughs> like from Hugh Jackson, but you know, Kevin Stefanski is coming out saying like, okay, yeah, I want to try this. I want to try this. I'm willing to try this. I'm looking at this. And the amount of positives that you hear about Kevin Stefanski just eclipse any positive we ever heard about Hugh before his hiring that we ever heard about Freddie before his hiring. So I think that is probably one of the biggest changes, uh, especially like you said, Bree, where it was, and Brittany, I think you said it too, where it was Anytime a rumor came out last year, he didn't really say much about it. And now all of a sudden, like ink wasn't even dry on paper and he's refuting every rumor. And I just, I completely think it's Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think finally we see like a mutual respect there, which is something that was seriously lacking last season. And, you know, the whole Hugh Jackson era where it just, I don't even want to, I'm not even going to talk about Hugh Jackson. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) You can't. I can't, I can't go down that road. It's a rabbit hole. I'm not going to go down tonight, but um, yeah, like, you know, what Meredith and Cam said, like, there's just a respect there now. And um, I think that's, you know, OBJ finally feels like he's in a place where, you know, he can, he can believe in what they're doing because they actually seems like they have a plan and they're all on the same page, which was not the case last year. It seemed like, you know, there was that power struggle that we've talked about many times uh, that doesn't seem to be there anymore. You have Kevin Stefanski, who seems like an, not just like a good coach, but an admirable human being. Yeah. And that matters. I know people think, oh, well, it's football. They don't, they're winnings, everything. No, you have people, especially in a time like now, those kind of things really do matter. What the coach says matters. What he, you know, stands for, that matters. Especially, you know, to like younger players, because they're more involved in stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So... Kudos to Stefanski. Kudos to Barry.
1: I'm not going to take victory laps, guys, but (laughs) (laughs) not yet. Anyway, yeah, I used to think that Freddie Kitchens, and obviously I was very wrong about this, but I used to think that he was a player's coach in a sense. And I know that Hugh Jackson called himself that, but I thought that Freddie Kitchen empowered his players, or at least he talked the talk of that. And Mm -hmm. we obviously saw that he didn't have any type of control or respect in the locker room. And I do think, Brittany, to your point, and and Meredith and Cam, what you guys touched on is the fact that the players do seem to respect Kevin Stefanski not only as a coach, but just as a leader. Mm -hmm. And I think even now in what is happening in the country and the platform that the Browns have just in general with the stance on – civil rights and, um, racism, like they are advocating for their players. And I think that that means a lot. And when you have a coaching staff and a management staff that is going to support you when there are other owners or coaches in the league that are against it, like in my mind, I'd want to go play for that guy. Like I, if someone's going to respect me as a person and a player, I'm going to want to perform for him. Like that is motivating in itself. So I just really hope that we get NFL football. (laughs) I know that that's like a really selfish thing to think about. Um, And there's obviously a lot of unrest happening with the coronavirus and things aren't looking better. But, you know, it it just feels like the Browns are doing all the right things. And I just really hope that we get to see it all play out.
3: So I want to go back and talk a little bit about Cam Newton because I had a very – I love him so much. (sighs) A little bit of a a dirty thought in that, (laughs) not in that way. (laughs) (laughs) But like, so I love Cam Newton too. Um, I I just think he's been absolutely incredible since college. I've been following him uh, since his Auburn days. But I might actually cheer for the Patriots now, just because, like, I really, really want to see him have success. Also, we have our like separately. Yes. mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so we all, but then we also have, you know, our guy Brian Hoyer up, up in new England as well. And so, yeah. So now I'm like almost like if it doesn't affect the Browns, I'm almost cheering for the Patriots just so Cam Newton has success. And mostly like, I can't stand Tom Brady. Like I just, I, I just think he is a wet blanket. He's got zero personality. I just, I mean, he's an elite athlete. Sure. Whatever. But other than his, Athleticism. Once you get past that, you're past Tom Brady. Like, and you just, just don't like him. I, I can't really like put my finger on it, but I can't stand him. I find him obnoxious. Now that he's out of New England, and we've got two really, really good quarterbacks, uh, in in that room up there in in Brian Hoyer and Cam Newton. Now, Wait, like, you're saying are like you are like a New England like fan. Like, right? what, what is his hour, <laughs> Meredith? It's a bad <laughs> habit. I've, i i think I've always said that. I mean, I say that I'm talking about every team, I guess. Um, but no, I've literally never cheered for the Patriots for a single second in my entire league. But now that Cam Newton is up there, I, I want him to be successful and I want him to have a really good career. Uh, cause I feel like if things just didn't really end well in Carolina for him. And by the way, he, from the way yeah. he talked, it didn't sound like he wanted to leave Carolina anyway.
1: No, we didn't even talk about, obviously this, this is a Cleveland based sports show, but we didn't even talk about the Panthers like two weeks ago when they put out that tweet of like who is the goat
3: and they didn't even list
1: cam as like a choice i know i was like wow he led you guys to a super bowl not only that but like one thing
0: that i it gets swept under the rug a lot and mind you let me just tell you something real fast i might have said this before on the show but ladies when it comes to cam newton he plays a very important role in my personal life okay okay so <laughs> whenever, like, I'm interested or could be interested in a man, one of the things I always ask him is, how do you feel about Cam Newton? Because it tells a lot about somebody's character, I think, when you ask them how they feel about Cam Newton. Because, you know, historically for the past, I don't know, how long has he been in the league now?
3: 10 years five or six or so? years? Oh, no, not 10 years. Really? Probably like five or six. That's He's it. not over 30. Feels like forever.
0: He's got to be coming up, what, let's see, 2012, maybe, Draft 2013? Enough,
2: 2011. Okay,
0: go. so, yeah, so it's almost been 10, nine years. Um, it always seems like he's, you either really, really like Cam Newton, or you really, really hate him, and if you really, really hate him, there's not, like, a good reason to, I don't think, you know what I mean? Yeah, I So, if somebody's, like, passionately against Cam Newton, I'm like, all right. Red flag. You're, you're not for me, man, <laughs> but yeah so um also what I was going into before I derail myself per usual um I lived in Winston Salem for like five years and I worked in Charlotte for almost a year and I can't tell you how many things Cam Newton has done for the community there like they almost like worship him because he gives a lot it's not like you know he just takes all his money and he keeps it to himself and stuff he does he goes out of his way to do things for that community which is like super important and that's something that he never got enough credit for so when people passionately hate him I'm like okay but like he's actually a good person you know what I mean so yeah the fact that Carolina did not include him in that that was it sucked because you know he was a good quarterback but also just because he was a good guy
1: Yeah, I agree. So, Cam, I have a question for you in regards to the season with the Browns. And I don't know if you can even share this, but obviously working in the media, do you guys have any idea in terms of, like, how you'll be covering the team, any stipulations? Um, Because I think that's also really interesting as we come upon this 2020 season.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm honestly just waiting to find out. I have no idea. I'm assuming that it's probably going to be a little different um, if everything – continues the way it's going um then it's it's probably gonna not look the same as normal i don't know about you know locker room access it might be select it might be in like waves it might just all be virtual on zoom uh i right now everything is like virtual based every all all the all the meeting all the interviews with players all of the time that you get with them it's all virtual um so I mean, they could continue that realistically if things got a little dicey. But I have no idea, and it's—I actually am really interested to find out too, because I have yeah, no idea yeah. what to even like expect going forward with this.
1: Yeah, because yeah, you—you also covered training camp, correct? Yeah. 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 Um, that's the other thing that it, it's like so funny because we are—we're nearing July tomorrow. Um, July is starting like training camp essentially is going to be upon us in no time. And there's like been literally no talk. And then you also have just in the back of all of our minds, like there could be States shutting down again, like Arizona. I just saw, um, they were talking about shutting down for 30 days again and like no gyms could be open. And obviously that would impact training camp. Um, that would have been starting MLB. Like it's just, there's just so much unknown still and uncertainty that it's going to be really, really interesting. Like, what What happens? Because I cannot imagine the NFL not having a season. Like, in my opinion, they would want to capitalize on no other sports happening, which I think is where MLB failed. We've talked about that. But I feel like the NFL would essentially want to take that entire market and profit off of it.
2: And they have so, time to do it. They, like, yeah. they, and they have what's going on with the MLB. They have what's going on with the NBA. They have that to learn from, too. So – I I think they they are probably best set up for success. It's later in the year. They've got all the other leagues to experiment with to see how it works out, how it works out with media, how it might work out with fans, how the players work out, how how COVID affects players and affects how things are going on. So I'm also very – I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful that the NFL is going to be good to go, maybe in a different aspect when it comes to, like, fans and games. Um, But I'm I'm hopeful that there are going to be games. As long as everything stays on track and – this country, like, gets – keeps things – not keeps things, but gets things back on track when it comes to coronavirus. I mean, we, we can control it uh, in this country. And I think that sports in all leagues stand a better chance than if the way that things are going now.
1: Yeah, and, and I think we're all – I think everybody at this point is fine – as long as there's an NFL season, like, I I think a lot of people are like, I'll watch it on TV. Like, I don't need to go to the game. Like I'll take, I'll take whatever, whatever they give us at this point.
3: Well, that was going to be, that was going to be my next question. And I wanted to pose it to all three of you. Uh, Would you rather the NFL season start on time, but no fans are allowed in the stands, or would you rather they delay it four to six weeks if that meant that fans could be in the stands?
0: I yeah. would say um, no fans in the stands. Start on time, no fans in the stands. Because yeah. I just enjoy watching on TV. Like, I don't have to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but I just hammies. miss them on
2: Sundays. Yeah, I think same thing. It's, it's got to start on time. If And then if it starts on time, who knows? Maybe fans can slowly start being incorporated yeah. later in the season. So mm. I think you got to start on time. If you can do that, no fans in the stands. I'd rather see that all day. Yeah.
3: How weird would that look? Because First Energy (laughs) seats, what, like 110,000, I think? How... How strange! Maybe they would can that just look. put like a not like a laugh track, but like a. Wah! Well, so the San Francisco Giants <laughs> are allowing season ticket holders to do cardboard cutouts of themselves. So if you're a season ticket holder, oh my god, stop! You're giving, oh no. Yes, no, I'm being serious. They are giving their season ticket holders the option of sending the team a photograph of them that's going to be put into a cardboard cutout and put in the seats that they own. To have all oh, my fans that. stands. <laughs> that's actually that. kind of cute. Yeah, that that's really cute. cute.
1: Um, So we're going to shift gears a little bit into a couple of other sports. We have a couple of NBA things to talk about and then we're going to get into the MLB and then we're going to talk in depth with Cam just about her article, so I'm gonna hold on the MLB thing for now because it's obviously gonna kind of just take us into Cam's article. A lot of parallels can be drawn from both, but mm-hmm. in the NBA news, you guys, I feel like we're reliving the 2016 to 2017 Cavs because JR Smith is signing with the Lakers, he's reuniting with LeBron James. Um, it, it, like I don't know how to feel about this. I have, like, very mixed emotions because this could still be us.
0: Should I go first? Because I have something to say about this. Please do. And it's not popular, and I know people are going to hate it, and I don't care. Go ahead. I'd like to think that I'm not one to hold grudges, but really that's not entirely true at all. In fact, it's, like, the exact opposite. So I do hold a grudge. It's against J.R. Smith, and it's because of what he did to the Cavs at the end of 2018. I... Hated that so much. I hate the way that he turned on his teammates, how he said Colin Sexton could not play basketball. Let's remember that he said that. And then he quit. So, you know what? J.R. Smith goes to Los Angeles. That's fine. I don't care. If I never hear about J.R. Smith again, that's fine. I don't care about that either. I'm only concerned about the Cavs right now and who's on the roster right now. That's it. So now, you guys go ahead. I thought you were going to hold your grudge based
1: on the, like, lack of – basketball IQ and calling a timeout when in fact there wasn't one like I thought that's what your grudge was gonna be any grudge I have is probably based on calling (laughs) sex
3: how funny would it be and I know that this isn't possible at the moment but it would still be really funny if Kyrie found a way to sign with the Lakers
1: I mean it wouldn't I wouldn't
3: put it past him Oh. oh, God. He, he'll he probably, like, go to the Nets and be like, I'm going to demand a trade. I'm going to sit on the bench. I'm going to cross my arms and legs. I'm not going to play until you trade me to the Lakers. I thought Kyrie was
0: going to sign with the Lakers anyway. Like, right. I was shocked that he he went to the Nets.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you ladies rooting for anyone? Obviously, we – like, the Cavs are not – we're clearly not in it. So, are you rooting for anyone as as the NBA comes back? Lakers all day. You are?
2: Yeah. Like, LeBron really specifically like or just yeah. – Well, yes. and Okay, so – I also can hold a grudge, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't hold a grudge on J.R. Smith. Uh, he has been one of my favorite players to watch in the league since and he was on the Knicks and then on the Nug like before on the Nuggets. Like I've always really liked J.R. Uh, and I think in 2018 that the final, that was a mess oh and God. he gets a lot of the blame because that, that little gaffe where he was like, Oh gosh, no, oh. know, <laughs> yeah. and LeBron with the, but really and and people that that's the moment that everyone thinks like that's the that was the game jr ruined mm-hmm. that game and set it up but honestly if that was like that was not even the worst of what happened the reverse call on the chart like that yeah, yeah that yeah. was the game changer and then the missed free throw no one wants oh. to talk about that yes yeah george hill got a pass exactly. like 100 yeah. percent. jr it was <laughs> like if you're gonna blame anyone you like george hill gets most of the blame yeah jr yeah obviously could like that could have changed things but like you wouldn't have even had to have that moment if you just like if you go back so like for him to get all the hate it just like hurts me and then because of all the hate that he got and all the blame that he got then i think that that kind of turned him and that's where you saw the attitude come in and the bad vibes that he was giving off in the locker room and the weird things that he was saying yeah So like, I think if people didn't hate him from that one little moment, that mistake, and like actually put the blame in the rest of the game where it should have been, I think that he might've like turned out all right. But, so I don't hold a grudge against him. So I'm excited. He's on the Lakers, he's with LeBron. Like, I want LeBron to get another ring. Yeah. I like like the conversation and that's that's the key to the conversation of who the greatest of all time is. That's the key. So the more rings he gets, the more that conversation becomes more real for more people. And I just love, I love that argument. I want it to continue forever. (laughs) So I need him to win this. (laughs) So Lakers all day. Yeah. Meredith,
1: do you have a a rooting interest?
3: I do. Uh, it's a little sad, but, um, my hometown wizards are invited (laughs) to Orlando. Uh, they're gonna get killed because they don't belong there they're not great I don't know how they managed an invite but yeah my, my hometown team is invited to Orlando so I'll be cheering for them for the eight sad games that they play before being knocked out of the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> how did they decide who was invited I think it just by record
1: yeah it was record right you had to be within I don't even know I'm not gonna act like I know I yeah, thought it was like they, within eight games or something of the okay. of the playoffs
3: Okay. Yeah, because there are a lot more Western Conference teams going than Eastern Conference teams. Yeah, so I'm excited wasn't... to
1: see. I'm kind of with Cam a little bit here. Like, I I don't hold a grudge against LeBron, specifically. I know a lot of Cleveland people, once he left us for the second time, they, like, wanted to see him fail. But I actually – I would like to see him win again, especially, like, at this age in his career. Um, because regardless, like, it's it's pretty incredible what he's accomplished. And – who knows how much longer LeBron's going to be in the league. So, like, I want to enjoy mm. it for as much as I can. Um, I am going to be interested to see the Clippers versus Lakers, like that whole dynamic, Kawhi LeBron. Um, and I'm a big Giannis fan, though. I love Giannis. So, I'm kind of, like, mm. low-key rooting for the Bucks. And then I also like the Trailblazers, Portland. Uh, CJ McCollum, big Browns fan, Cleveland guy. Um, so, I- I'm just excited to see the NBA come back and hopefully – Hopefully there's some sparks um, and some excitement from the games. But, you know, we'll see. In we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk Cavs just a little bit because um, the Cavs did actually make a splash um, in free agency yesterday. And they signed um, a multi-year deal with forward Dean Wade, Um, and then free agent Jordan bell to a two-year deal. And honest to God, when I got the alert yesterday, they signed Dean Wade. I read it like four. I'm like, did they sign Dwayne? It's Dwayne Wade (laughs) coming out of retirement. What did the cast just do?
3: I was so confused. I think a lot of people saw that, especially since I forget who tweeted it, but someone, I think it may have been Justin did it as a joke. I think he tweeted D period Wade yeah <laughs> like just to just to troll because that's what Justin does and so I'm pretty sure he just wrote D Wade and then you know of course it sets off a frenzy because who wouldn't love to see Dwayne Wade play again
1: yeah the more that the, like the the more that the Cavs go on the more that I'm like wow like they are really trying to make bigs be relevant
3: again in the NBA I know. And when you talk to a lot of basketball insiders, I've heard more than once, especially from, from some coaches in the NBA that they think that the big man is dead, that it's going to be mostly small to medium forwards from now on. But then, you know, JB Bickerstaff and, and the Cavs are just like, Nope, give us Andre Drummond, give us Tristan Thompson, yes, give us these yes. massive like, men. What's happening? <laughs> like, so I think it'll be really awesome to see how that works. Cause I think it'd be really funny if you see the majority of the NBA go towards like the Steph Curry type where it's a little bit smaller and a little bit scrappier versus what the Cavs are doing. If the Cavs just start rolling the table, the big man's going to come back. Listen, I want all the giant men.
0: <laughs> just put them all there and let them figure it out. I love the fact that they're going so big because last year it seemed like, well, uh, last year and like the last two years, but specifically last year, like they were just like guard, 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 guard. Yeah, they actually like, we have had no like in 50
1: guards yes we are only guards and big men there's like That's no it. small forwards there's like there, no, are like there literally nothing. is no middle ground <laughs> it is just like one or the other
0: i like this approach you're you you know you live or die with this so let's let's go let's see I mean, maybe we, we could change things maybe the Cavs are on to something maybe they're a trendsetter guys look at
1: what the warriors did think, like yeah. they they literally changed the
2: entire league to be small yes. ball like the Cavs yes. are gonna try to take the power back there we I go. Have, they even have a. a slogan. They are, they've already got their slogan for next season. It's "Go Big or Go Home." Yes, oh, yes, yes.
1: T- Stenna, There we go. Can you please at the Cavs? Tag the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> already got it. We're good. I mean, yeah, it, it, it it'll be interesting. I, I'm excited for the Cavs to come back. I mean, they were like we forget the. They played their last game in March, and they were kind of coming into themselves. Um, they were playing good basketball, so. They're going to get a lot more time, a, a lot bigger of an off-season to prepare and and get get the bigs on board.
0: <laughs> also, Colin Sexton was like one of the leading scorers in the league, yeah, by the way. Yeah, he was. So, boom.
3: He, uh, he played really well in uh, – what was it? What was it, the um, Rising Stars game during All-Star weekend? Like, Yeah, because he had a point
0: to prove because he yeah. was initially left off, which was mm-hmm.
2: crap.
3: Yeah, I – I wanna see Colin Sexton play like that every single game. And to be honest, I think that JB Bickerstaff has the ability to bring that out of him, like that sort of like bleep you attitude of like, I'm gonna show you who I am. Yes. Cam, do you love Colin Sexton?
2: <laughs> of course I do. Be <laughs> <See> the witness. <laughs> every time, anytime the Cavs play and Colin Sexton does something, I have to I have to tweet it. I have to tweet <sighs> it. A woman after like, my own heart. <laughs> like, don't slander Colin Sexton. Look at this kid. He's he's right. something. Like, he, I cannot wait to see him develop. I really, I think that he's got a lot, a lot of talent and a lot to look for. I'm so excited to watch him just develop. <gasps> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> now, have
0: you met him? Is he nice?
2: Uh, he was. I actually was in a media session with him. Very quiet. So I didn't Aww, like. Him of anymore. course he is because he's so sweet. But he was also like this was like he was a baby baby. So.
1: I mean, he still is. Is yeah, that twenty? Did he turn twenty
3: this year?
0: He's twenty-one.
3: I thought he was twenty-two. No, you he sure? just turned, he
0: just turned twenty-one because okay. I remember yeah. him oh. and Kevin Love were like in that weird beef that everyone made up, <laughs> and then Colin Sexton. It was his twenty-first birthday, and they had like that Instagram exchange where they're like, "Bro, I gotta buy you a beer or something." <laughs> like I'm paraphrasing, but something like that did happen.
3: <laughs> like I will I say remember this, everything. I will say this about Colin Sexton. He's quiet when he. When he's like not feeling the situation like when he has to do like when it's shoot around and he has to talk to the media or if it's like Mm -hmm. a zoom session he's kind of like you can tell he doesn't necessarily want to be there um we had him on our radio show a few weeks ago and he was incredible like he was having so much fun and he was joking around and i was like i've been covering colin sexton since the Cavs drafted him and i've never seen the side of him and it was awesome
2: so you just got to get him in this little zone. And then, yeah.
3: Yeah. Like, you got to get him in a situation where he's comfortable. I think when you have like the, the, the media scrum, when you've got like 12 people around him and recorders in his face, I think it's intimidating. But when you get him in that one-on-one situation and you talk about the things that he wants to talk about, he is just like, he is an open book. He loves it.
1: I just had someone in the comments, um, at Hamp to Champ 15 said KPJ is gonna be the next great cows player. He's the truth. That's my guy. I mean, I'm a KPJ hype man. So uh Bernice Colin. Uh, but I'm yeah, I'm excited to see Kevin kind of come into his own. Oh
0: yeah. He's, right. he's like he's the most exciting I think out of the young like I love Colin, but like watching KPJ develop I think is gonna be super exciting for it's all Cavs fans. He is so much fun. I yeah. love him.
1: I agree. A lot of young talent. So whenever basketball starts again for us, you know, that'll be exciting.
3: Um, so might be Christmas.
1: Yeah, I know. To shift gears a little bit, MLB, MLB is still a mess, guys. Like we, I'm so like I'm so sick of talking about the MLB and just the disaster that they are. As a, we've league. been sick about this for like four weeks. Weeks, like they still can't get it together. Um, we clearly have offered suggestions as to what they could do to make it better. No one's listening. Uh, but now, what's happening is players are opting out of the season. Um, and notably today, um, one of the Rockies players, the outfielder Ian Desmond. Um, posted an Instagram, a pretty powerful Instagram message today, um, essentially saying why he was opting out. And um, surprisingly enough, not just coronavirus related. So obviously the coronavirus is, is something that he did mention, but he also touched on racism, um, homophobia in the locker rooms, cheating scandals, um, and all these things just kind of tarnishing baseball in general. Um, he also is biracial and talked about just the impact that that had on him growing up playing baseball and the issues that still stem from it today. Um, and one of the quotes that I pulled out from what he wrote is, um, if we didn't force black Americans into white America's box, think how much more we could thrive. And that really just was, I mean, wow. Like just read that a couple of times. and. Um, Why I want to talk about this was Cam is joining us um, on the show tonight to not only talk about sports, but she wrote a really great article um, that you can find um, on her Twitter page. She posted it. And Cam, being biracial, you've obviously had a lot of different experiences. And in your article, you touched on how that impacted you as a person, so I wanted to really just give you the platform to talk about your article, talk about um, this player and just tell everyone what is going on.
2: So it was really important when I, when I saw that his Instagram post and read it, it was, it was just, it was exactly, I think what is needed um, from players with that kind of platform, because it's not just him being biracial. It's, any black player, the Dominican players, Latino players, uh, even Asian players, like there's so many different, there's such a diverse world and not just the MLB, but across all leagues. So when you have a player go on and, and tell his story and tell like why it means so much to him personally and then offer suggestions, I think it's, it's just really important. And I was like, I was so happy to see that because you don't see that a lot. You see a lot of support. You'll see players posting the black square and the hashtag black lives matter, but you're not seeing the actual stories. Um, Actually in the the Indians, uh, Delano DeShields, he actually shared his story and that was, that was the first time I saw it. So, I mean, it's happening across teams. Um, And what's happening is, Especially for him being biracial, it's, it's a really difficult place to be in because you, you do have, we've had it all, we've all had race, racist experiences being biracial. I, my first one was a couple days old, uh, and my family, I had some racist family members who didn't want to know me and referred to me, a two day old baby, as the N word um, and refused to have any part of my life. And I was, a ch- I was an infant. Uh, and so that's where it starts. And then yeah, like moving into the suburbs posed a different challenge because it's different living in an area that's diverse, um, where more people are. I mean, when you're living around it, you're more accepting. But then we moved into the suburbs, and it was, I would care to say, 99% seems like an exaggeration, but I don't think that it really was. It was 99% white. Um, I was one of two black children in my grade and I'm biracial, I'm not even fully black and that's how little diversity there was. Um, And it just becomes a, a, that's when you start seeing people who have not experienced, have not been around people of color, been around people who look different from them. Mm -hmm. And that's when that racism starts coming out. So that's when I started experiencing it even more. Um, And it's just, it's really tough because that's a lot of places, even here in Northeast Ohio, everything's like very separated and there's a lot of places where people live in their bubble yeah. And they're around people who look like them, and it's, it makes it very difficult for them to, to see things through, how, how, it, how could it be, how could racism be alive? I've yeah. never seen it, but like, of course you haven't seen it, because you're around people who look like you, and you look like you, you you're, people aren't, like, you're not gonna get called the N-word, because that doesn't relate to you. Yeah. So it, it's hard when you're living in that bubble. So I think like, that's why I wrote that article because I know what it's like to be in that bubble because my family's in that bubble. Mm-hmm. I have friends in that bubble. I know. And, and being biracial, you, you kind of get that kind of, you get that attitude of, well, she's black, but she's not really black. So people are more comfortable saying things that they wouldn't normally say around someone of color. Uh, and then you get to see kind of how they interact with other white people. And that's what I've Kind of been able to do as as a biracial person. I've been able to get that aspect, but I also have faced racial injustices to a lower extent um, because, like I said too, it's it's different because I'm lighter skinned. And as much as that shouldn't matter, it really does. It really affects the way I'd, I'm not at risk normally when I'm stopped by police. I don't feel like I'm at risk for my life. I don't think that they're going to yeah. be afraid of me. Um, I don't think people in the street are going to be afraid of me. Um, but that's you a, talked,
1: Can you touch on, in your article, you talked about your brother and how, even though your brother and sister, your experience from your brothers are also completely different, which
2: I thought was, like, really eye-opening. Yeah, I mean, grown up together, the same amount of Black, the same amount of white as each other, um, but he's much darker than me, uh, and his he's, per, like, very predominantly Black, where my ethnicity, my race— is sometimes ambiguous. So for me, I just experienced like verbal aggressions. Um, like, is your hair real? Can I touch it? Like, you don't even look black. You don't even talk black. You called me like being called an Oreo because I'm black on the outside, kind of, and white on the inside. So these, like, those are the things that I face. They're not life threatening. But my brother, yeah, he uh, he's darker, and, and living in the same place, driving on the same roads, hanging on the same neighborhoods. He's been, he's had. Cops draw guns on him twice. uh Once was on Christmas Eve. I, it, it hurts me to think about. It. Like I, I honestly could have lost my little brother on Christmas yeah. Eve because his hands were in his pocket, at answering questions for a police officer for a shoplifter who happened to live by us. He was trying to help them figure out the situation. He wasn't a suspect. He wasn't involved in anything. Police didn't think, but he had his hands in his pockets, and his, the cop was threatened. Um, and then he's been called boy by police. Uh, when he was 12. He got pushed up against the wall by a police officer and he told him he was going to throw him in the wall, called him boy. It was, I've never had that. I've never had that. And it's just so sad to me that like, that's, that's the difference. It's just, just by appearance. It has nothing to do with even how quote unquote black we are. It is just how quote unquote black we look. So it's, and that's the reality of so many people of colors just the experiences might differ they're all, they're always going to be negative but some people their negative experiences with racial injustices aren't just an inconvenience they're not just infuriating and maybe hurt your feelings they pose a risk to your life yep. and, and so that's that's really the important thing to like realize is it's not just we're not, not just trying to stop people from saying the n word or saying racial slurs it's it's the attitude it's the approach that people take to people of color and it's how the system treats them because their like lives are actually being impacted and I know people don't like to think that that's true yeah. but anything my brother did that day could have just a single movement he was asked for his ID right after and he had seen some stories of things going south in other situations similar. So he refused. He told him it was in his pocket and he could get it for him because he was afraid if he reached in his pocket, back in his pocket after the officer told him to get his hands out of his pockets. He was afraid that if he reached back in, they would maybe think he was reaching for a weapon. And just any kind of movement, any anything differently, and that could have he could he could be he could be dead. And it just we have to realize that this is lives at stake it's not feelings it's not being offended it's actual lives are at risk every time that we don't say something every time we don't stand up and every time we don't try to make a change and make this place better
1: yeah i have ch- i mean i have chills and and you know reading it is one thing but hearing you actually say it out loud i think is even more important. Um, And I think we are so lucky to have you on this podcast just to talk about it openly because people need to hear it. And like you said at the beginning, we as white people, we haven't experienced that. So we can't even understand what you have experienced and what you've went through. So what we've kept saying on this podcast is just listen to the people tell their story and share their experiences, and just try to understand a little bit. We will never understand, but just be open and listen. And I, I there's been some things on Facebook that like really bothered me today, specifically. I wrote it down as a beef, but um, these protests are happening for a very good reason. And they're not going to go away because it's a movement. It's not a moment. Like we are actually in history right now. Like we are living history. Things are about to change as they should. And there are some people that are outraged because protesters aren't being told to stop gathering together and it's going to continue to cause the spread of the coronavirus. And people are mad because they can't go to bars, but people can protest. And it's exactly what you said, Cam, where lives are at stake. And the fact that African Americans are willing to go protest knowing that they are at risk of catching the coronavirus. They don't have a choice because their lives are at risk either way. So I just, thank you for sharing your story, Brittany and Meredith. I'm sure you have questions um, for Cam specifically.
3: Well, yeah. So I asked you this before we started recording, but I'd like you to, you know, reiterate it again um, for everyone listening, everyone watching. How did this piece come to, I guess, come to be in, in a way also- Because News Channel 5, for the stories that they post digitally, they're typically not the first person perspective, but you posted, you know, a me, I, this is my experience article on News Channel 5. So how did that sort of come to fruition?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you're getting right now a lot of stories um, of the experiences of uh, the Black community. And then you're also seeing the responses from the white community, uh, and then I just I just felt like I'm both. So and and I know there's a lot of people who are both, and I that's it's a different perspective. As much as I share a lot of experiences, um, honestly, on both sides, I, I don't have a full experience of either. So I just felt it was a different perspective, um, and one that obviously a lot of people could probably relate to or I felt like maybe what like needed to hear um so that's why I wanted to write it and I ended up I just wrote it on my own, uh, but I sent it to my boss um hope like for an edit I just was gonna post it personally uh, and he read it, and we don't typically do stories like that right um, but he he read it and he felt it was important and wanted it to have a a home on the site um, because of what's going on right now and how how these kinds of stories really impact and how how important it is for people to hear this kind of thing um, so I, I mean I, I was I wasn't surprised because News 5 is they're incredible with everything that they do um, diversity wise and talking why that we have a great podcast with our anchor danita harris uh that's where my I actually did that too uh, it's voices for change it 's literally just about these kinds of experiences um so news Five does really really great things for that uh, so i wasn't surprised that they put it on the site for because of the content it was just the the angle that first person essay it was just i didn 't expect it um but i'm I'm really happy it did uh, because as soon as it went up i was kinda of nervous for the feedback it was gonna get on a on a news station's social media platforms, but uh it was honestly a lot of a lot of positive and I can't even some of the messages that I got after just like from people or random people DMing me on Instagram or tweeting me or finding my Facebook page and just saying like thank you for that's like that's I I know that experience. That's what made me so glad that I did write it because at least a handful of people were able to relate to it and hopefully even more people were able to hear it and then now have that kind of perspective in their head when they're when they're thinking about everything else that's going on in the world were you nervous like when it went out yeah Yeah. (laughs) i i was i was very nervous not so much on twitter Uh, twitter could be Toxic, we all know this. <laughs> but in a different way, Facebook is where I was concerned because that's that's part of my job um mm-hmm. is monitoring comments. Um on and, oh boy.
3: Yeah. So you have to monitor not nice. Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't do the uh don't read the comments philosophy. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's everyone's first
2: suggestion is just don't read the comments, but unfortunately that's part of my job. <laughs> so I have to the Oh boy. Uh so that's where I was worried because I know how people people can be their worst selves. Uh, and they hide behind fake profiles and they troll a lot on, on that. So I was nervous on Facebook. There was a couple comments that I wasn't very, you know, happy with. But the, the level that they took it was not nearly as far as I thought. So great. It it, it didn't end up <laughs> as bad. My my nerves were not for what I thought they were going to be. I it ended up pretty okay.
0: No, I mean, like I don't think people understand how scary that is, especially you know for a woman specifically, to put things like that out there. Yep. You know what I mean? And, you know, I can't tell you enough how much I admire you for doing that because it's it's very difficult to get personal and to share personal things knowing that for whatever reason, it's like a, a controversial topic, which it shouldn't be if, you know, I've said before and I'll say it again and again and again until I'm blue in the face, I get so tired of people thinking that they're an expert on someone else's experience. If you haven't experienced something yourself, then shut up and listen to people who have. That's the best way to learn anything. You know, you can't put yourself in their position. You can't. So just listen to what they're saying. And if you get enough people that are saying the same exact thing, then maybe it's time for you to say, hey, you know what? There's a problem here. There's a problem that needs fixed. And what can I do to help? There's nothing wrong with doing that. And, you know, I think we keep trying to reiterate that and you really, you did such a wonderful job of explaining, like, I'm pretty speechless, which doesn't happen, that often. so thank you. <laughs>
3: no, thank you are a
0: queen and we love you so much. Thank
2: you. I just hope that at least a couple people, maybe, but like that's, that's the goal, it's just like a little by little, if you can just reach one person here, one person there. Yeah. Then eventually, it's small changes, but that's that's what I can do. I do what I can. Um, now I'm not. I don't plan on stopping. Although people don't get, they're not very excited when I when I tweet about things that are not the Browns. it's
1: true. Truth. <laughs> like it's it's so funny because like people want to get mad at what you post on your own personal Twitter page. It's like I'm sorry. This is my. Twitter page. Like I can post whatever I want. Like I am not here to post to cater to your needs.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest message, especially to the Dales, is that we like we as women, you know, anyone, when you post on your own social media, when you post on your own page, we don't owe you anything. And this goes for anyone, Mm -hmm. even if it's a man posting about what they want. Literally anyone posting about you know, if they have an audience and the audience says, no, we want, no, no, like nobody, you don't owe anybody anything. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's sort of the biggest frustration, because uh, you know people come to you and be like well I followed you for sports <laughs> and it's like well that's awesome but I'm not a 100- hundred like it's not just sports you know if you wanted just sports then go to like profootballtalk.com or something because they're going to do just sports you right. know they're, they're not going to do anything else but when you follow a person like that's exactly what it is we're people and also let's not act like these people respect our
0: sports opinions yeah that much, right either. yeah <laughs> that's true. Doesn't <That's laughs> that often. I came here for sports. No, you came here to yell me about my sports opinions. Yeah, That's exactly. what you did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so for those that want to read Cami's article, she has it pinned to her Twitter page. So just as a reminder, she is at Cami Justice. Um, it is on news5cleveland.com. So you guys can find her article there. Brittany just retweeted it as well. Um, so please take a read. It's really important stuff. And then obviously thanks to all who listened, um, tonight, um, because, you know, she did a really great job of explaining what her personal experiences have been. So Cami, we urge you to continue sharing, continue using your voice, your platform. We will support you and get your voice out there and many others, because it's something that should not be ignored and people deserve to hear the truth.
2: I, yeah, I, pre- I appreciate you guys. You guys are, you guys are awesome. It was awesome being on here. And thanks for letting me explain that article even more and get that voice out there. And, and just to anybody who's listening, it's not just me. There's a ton of people I just go out and, and find those voices and, and ask questions, but also take it upon yourself to do some, do some reading, do some listening, watch some shows, watch some documentaries, like mm-hmm. learn because that's what it's about. It's just about knowing, understanding, listening, and then developing your opinions and then putting yourself on the, but if you haven't listened and you haven't heard and you have no idea, you probably shouldn't make that opinion. You probably shouldn't give yourself a stance until you see both sides of the story, really. Yeah. I hope you stick
1: around because we're going to get into, um, we'll hopefully wrap it up with this, which is a horrible way to wrap it up with, but we're going to talk about the sexism (laughs) that like literally happened today too, because like, in a, in a different manner, but also like just as ignorant, the amount of men that <sighs> literally in our Periscope comments, there was some guy harassing all four of us telling us to get back in the kitchen. And as, as someone that works in in sports cam that's you me and meredith i'm uh, meredith you too Brittany, and i we we just talk about our opinions like we're just like we're not we're not like paid to do this um, but you two obviously are and i know meredith you have shared with us personally about some of your experiences i won't put you on the spot here um and same thing with you cam as well because obviously it's your job but just what we have to deal with on twitter is just like it's 2020 you guys like it is 2020 like we can like sports. We can talk about sports. We can have an opinion about sports. We can know just as much as you about sports. So or more. back off.
3: <laughs> or more. You said it, Cammie. Or more.
0: <laughs> there were people on there today, and I don't know where this explosiveness of sexism came from. And I know it's like <laughs> rampant all the time, but like today <laughs> specifically, it was terrible. And I got on there this morning, and I saw some guy going on about... And of course, oh, by the way, of course, he was a guy in a car with sunglasses and a hat on. Why are they always in the car? He
3: He didn't have a fish.
1: Sometimes they have fish.
0: No fish. fish. He was just in a car with sunglasses on in like a beard and stuff. And he's talking about how... Now, hold on. Let me...
1: She's got to get in position. (laughs) The fingers are up, you guys.
0: (laughs) Can you... He said that women should only cover women's sports and men should only cover men's sports oh, because, saw that because sexual harassment because yes. you know you can't trust that men can control themselves <laughs> now let me ask you ladies have you ever been in a situation where you actively had to fight yourself from being a sexist pig have you ever had to stop and say hey maybe I shouldn't say that because it might come off wrong has that ever happened to you in like a professional setting specifically? Have you ever thought, mm, you know what, maybe I shouldn't say this very sexy thing
3: to this person of
2: the opposite sex?
3: Does that ever happened?
2: Can't say that it has.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have, I have definitely said some things, but it's always like in a in kind of like a joking manner, like oh, like That's so, like like or like how oh, you're so fragile, you're so emotional. Like I'll take the words that have been used to describe me, and then when I see a male coworker who's like getting mad because their pen won't work. And I'm like, yeah, just don't be so emotional about it. Like, so I'm consciously doing it, but also maybe in a way that they kind of realize where I'm coming from, because a lot of the things that I loved about Cami's article, she pointed out microaggressions that Mm -hmm. she's experienced, and microaggressions come from two places. They come from a place of ignorance, or they come from a place of malice. So, you know, when someone says something that they don't realize is hurtful, once they learn, like, oh, like, I shouldn't say this to a Black woman, okay, I'm not going to say this anymore, I understand now that's wrong, and then there's a person's like, that'll defend it. Like, Oh, this isn't bad. This is, you know, th- that thing. So when I've been at work at my job of a hundred percent males, sometimes I've used that language just a little bit to be contentious. Usually if it's like, I'm in a bad mood and, <laughs> but okay. you know, I have, but like,
0: I was on my way to Urginka this morning because of my eye and I had just saw this tweet. And as I'm, I'm driving, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about all the times I have been sexually harassed in like life, mm-hmm. specifically like in professional settings. And I'm not talking about like, you know, professional, I don't, I can't think of a specific time during my like writing career that this has happened or, you know, marketing or whatever. But like when I was in college, horrible things, it's not like, you know, microaggressions. Like I had one of my bosses ask, this is going to be gross, but like, imagine hearing this as a 19 year old girl too. This man's like in his 40s and he's, he said, you know, do the, does the carpet match the drapes? Okay. What? This was my, this was my boss. Another time somebody tried to recruit, this happened twice. I was working in grocery stores. Grocery stores are really gross places to work, by the way. But I was working in a grocery <laughs> store and these weirdos would come in and like give me cards to be like an exotic dancer. So every time they did it, I would give them to my boss. And the one time I gave it to him and I kid you not, he busted out his wallet, and he got out dollar bills, and he's like, I'll get you started right now, and I was like, this, so, like, micro, there's a difference between, you know, saying, like, little subtle things, and then just doing that explicitly, and people think that, you know, women just make this stuff up, but this stuff happens all the time. I kept thinking, and I kept remembering things that you just like sort of suppress and keep down. And then you're like, "Wait a second! Like that sucked. Why would Why would a human being think that they could talk to another human being like that?"
3: Yeah, yeah. I've actually been fired from going to HR about sexual harassment before. So, oh,
0: god.
3: Yeah, like there, there, there are a few jobs. Well, one job I regret taking. Another job, um, I never really wanted to leave, but I had a horrible, horrible boss. And there was just so much sexual harassment. And then when I finally finally tried to do something about it, HR sided with him and I lost my job. So I've actually like, I've never, like, I've never really told anybody that before, but yeah, it happened.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's really, it's really tough in companies because in a lot of cases it's, it's them having to, trust and believe the word of the person that's experienced sexual harassment. In a lot of cases, there are women that will not step forward because it could get worse or nothing will happen. So, I mean, that, that is like that is a legit fear that we have to go through. It's, will anyone even listen? Will anyone even care? Yeah. And, or will it just get worse?
0: Yeah. And then you think about, you know, the point that this guy was making was that he wanted to try to Limit a women's professional career because men can't control themselves from sexually harassing yes. people. And, like, really, that's the stance you want to make here? You want to say, you know, I, I'm sorry you can't reach all your goals and dreams because this man can't stop himself from saying disgusting things to you. I, I, like,
2: I saw that tweet. I saw the tweet and, and follow-up tweets, actually, on that, too. Oh, and one of the things I thought was funny was the comment he's about women not covering men's sports because they want to be groupies oh. and I just, I have to speak on that. That's insane. That's, on, that's, that's insane. I have never walked into a locker room <laughs> and, and odd anybody. Hey, I'm here. You were like <laughs> taking I'm off like, a top cam. Like it was, <laughs> it's I'm work. Here. It's work. I'm a professional. Uh, there's no desire for anything. My desire is to ask some questions about a story that I want to work on. My desire is to get some sound, get some video, couple pictures, cover, watch, watch the game, see how it's played, see how they did, see what what they what they improved on from last time, see what they're doing in practicing, see which players are improving. That's that's my focus. My focus isn't talking to players. No, I've never seen a woman in the locker room ogle a player, try to get a player's number when you are in that situation, when you are in that setting it's very professional. And that was just, that was outrageous to me. That was just yeah. such a, a blatant
3: lie. Well, yeah, and I think he was like, he was probably coming from the perspective of, he is incapable of controlling himself mm-hmm. around women. Yes. So he assumes that women are incapable of controlling themselves around men, which is absolutely not the case. In any way, shape, Our or Our entire life
0: is shaped about controlling ourselves. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you walk into the gas station. I went into the gas station last week. And, like, I wasn't even, like, dressed weird. Not that that matters. But, like, I was just, like, wearing sweats. And I look crappy like I do right now. And, like, I, I hated going to this gas station because this guy behind there, he always, like, I'll be on my phone trying to, like, ignore this uh, awkward situation that I'm in. And he'll be like, oh, who are you texting? Are you going to text me? Blah, blah, blah And I'm just like, dude, can I just leave like, pay for my gas? Like, do, do we have to go through this thing every time? Then there's weird guys hanging out behind. And, like everything, we like literally have to like always watch our surroundings. We always yeah. have to be vigilant. It's exhausting all the time. And I, I know it sounds like I'm complaining, but this is like legitimate. This is just all the time.
3: Yeah. Go to a different, different gas station if you can. Cause that is terrifying. Like there's a, there's a gas station right on the corner from my apartment. Like when I'm in a rush, I'll go there. Mm. Um, luckily the owner has never, you know, done or said anything to make me feel uncomfortable. Cause I've talked to him a few times, but if he did, I guarantee you, I would drive two miles in the wrong direction to go mm. to a different gas station just to avoid that guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, the cat calls like just like I run a lot outside and, um,
3: that's why I, yeah, I wear headphones when I do just so to make yeah, it Yeah, but it's also ignore. like,
1: it's also a little scary when you wear headphones because it's almost yeah. like, I, I don't know, like just being aware of your surroundings at all times. Mm-hmm. But like, I've been catcalled with my kids with me and I'm like, oh dude, gosh. like I am a mother. I am not a nanny for God's sakes. I mean, I know I look young, but like, come on, like my kids are here. Like, and it just, it always makes me feel so small. Like I'm never like, oh yes. Like, please cat call me <laughs> right. like give me all of the attention I'm always like I just want to shrink like I just want to shrink down and not be seen like
2: that's the, that's the other scary part too is is when you're approached by someone who you have you're not interested in being approached by you're just out yeah. at the store it's it's almost it's, it's terrifying because for me at least when it happens I don't want to be rude because who knows yep. or who yeah knows you'll be called a be. bitch hey. you know it's yes. just like so, you just kind of had to like let them down easy because you like you see all these stories about women who reject men men's advances and end up hurt or dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's all the times it's just like you got let them down easy, try to be nice and it's it's almost like giving them a, a false sense of hope because you yes. don't want to tell them absolutely no it's because who knows what's going Yeah, it's it's so it's so weird the approach you have to go about it but Maybe one day people will understand to read read the signs and know when it's time to approach someone.
3: So yeah. I want to share, share a positive story that I had, a positive experience that I had at a gas station yesterday um, because we do like positivity on this po- podcast. So I stopped at, there's a gas station right by Progressive Field. It's on my way home. So I was on my way home from work and I stopped to get gas. And this guy pulls up to me next to his car and he's like blasting music. And he goes, Hey, Hey. And so I roll down my window and he goes, you hear this track? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, this shit is bumping. And then he's like, this is my single man. You should check. It. And he just like started talking about his music for like a minute and a half. And he was just so excited about it. And I was like, yeah, check it out. He said he was on Apple Music. I still have to look him up, but it was, Aww. it was a positive experience that I Love had that. at a gas station. It was just, you know, it was a guy, a, a a musician that just wanted to get his sounds out there. And I had seen him talking to another person at the gas station when I pulled in. And I guess I like, in my mind, I just thought they were together because normally people don't talk to each other at a gas station unless they know each other, mm. but they didn't. And then the first person drove off and then about a minute later, he comes up to me and then, you know. Roll down my window and he shares his music. So, love that.
1: Thank you for ending us on experience. a positive
3: note, Meredith. Yes. Thank you very much
1: for that. Um, guys, I think we'll wrap up. It's been a fun, very fun show tonight. Um, always enjoyable to chat with you ladies on Tuesday nights. Makes my night. Um, Yay. Cam, thank you so much for joining with us as well. Live going live with us, we're still this is still new to us. So, thank you for logging on, showing your beautiful face, and chatting with us tonight. We really Hi. appreciate it love you ladies thanks for having me (laughs) we'll have to have you back um so everyone thank you for joining us live if you joined in live thank you for listening um if you're downloading the episode um make sure that you continue to subscribe to us um via itunes stitcher or spotify um we appreciate the rates and reviews we read them we really appreciate you we'll continue to go live um i'll be on vacation next week so you'll be uh Brit and Meredith will be uh, holding down the fort. So again, um, Cam, thank you for joining us. Thanks for sharing your experience. Don't forget to follow her. Check out her article. And we will talk to you guys next week.